Imhotep. Greetings. Welcome to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. Welcome. This is a comedic podcast about spirituality. Um, Sometimes it's just about esoteric type things and the humor is occasionally lacking. I like to include the humor disclaimer so that you mistake me not for a priest or a preacher. Um, Perhaps more as a trickster type. Tricksters are wonderful teachers. Mm -hmm. So, on today's episode, I wanted to share with you all a little bit from this book called The Book of Gates, which is a magical translation of an Egyptian funerary text. Um, The translation is by Michael Shepard, and then the text commentary is by none other than Josephine McCarthy. So I've been, you know, I study a lot of different religions and spiritual practices, as is I I do. And um, Egyptian is part of that. They call it Kemet in Egypt. They call themselves, it would be a Kemetic Orthodoxy is what Egyptian Orthodoxy is called. So, and then when I said Imhotep at the greeting, that is an Egyptian or Kemetic greeting. I don't remember exactly. I have it written down. I should know it, but it's, you know, it's like peace or like, you know, health. Some, one of those, you know, good, good vibes. Um, and so, yes. And so I wanted to read to you all, uh, scene one from the first hour of the book of gates. So there's 12 different, there's 12 hours, um, to, which is interesting to think about the mystic, number 12, as in the 12 signs of the Zodiac, the 12 disciples, and the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And so here we are at scene one from the first hour of the first gate from the Book of Gates. And so this is a funerary text, meaning that it is when one dies, if one is going through the process of justification, we might be familiar with this word, um, or the quote-unquote final judgment or weighing of the scales, this is a funerary text um, sort of describing the process that one might go through after death um, in order to see if one, if uh, one is spun another fate and goes back into reincarnation, or if one makes it through the 12 gates and becomes as one justified, or in the book of gates, where, wherein one becomes of the gods. And so this book is interesting magically because as we walk in death, so we walk in life. And so perhaps one, as a magician, might feel called to go through this process of justification in their life in order that they might be of service and already kind of know what's going to happen whenever they die if they wish to become um, as one of the gods or to be in service. And um, so I wanted to read the short scene from scene one and then I wanted to read Josephine McCarthy's commentary on it. There's just a lot of esoteric wisdom here and I just fucking love wisdom. So, here we go. 
scene one. It's got a picture of, and then here's the description of it's 12 figures. So 12 figures walking along the horizon in the desert. Gods of the desert. The accompanying text reads, Who developed from into Ray, from into his Aket? That means horizon. Who came forth from into his eye? He ordains them a hidden place for their selection, dismemberment. Their humans, the humans, the gods. Even all living things, everything created by this great God. This God, he ordains the designs after he has penetrated into the earth, which he created winnowed for his western eye. So before I go into the commentary, so what we see here is Ray is like, I guess, like the sun or divinity from into his ocket. So it's was as Ray is going from above the horizon and then now down into the western, which is the uh, after the sun passes into the west, then it's going into the underworld. And then we also hear this word dismemberment, perhaps remembering um, Osiris. So we have the sun that's going into the underworld. And then there's this idea of being dismembered as one traverses into the underworld. And then here's Josephine McCarthy's commentary. <clears throat> In this opening scene, we are introduced to the inner desert and the, quote, winnowed creatures of Ray. The inner desert is a threshold place both in death and in vision. It does not refer to a physical desert. It is a place people traverse in death and pass through on their way into life. And it is where visionaries, mystics, and magicians go in visions and dreams to work or interact with various powers and beings. The inner desert is Zemit, the threshold place, and the Duat is the underworld. Zemit is also the inner visionary place where the magician undergoes trials and tests as they seek adepthood and justification in life. The trial of death in life. This is the key to the mysteries of the gates for magicians wishing to pursue justification in life or true adeptship. Traversing the trials of the inner desert in vision triggers trials in the life of the adept candidate. The inner desert is guarded by fierce entities that repel, block, challenge, help, and give safe passage to those who penetrate its depths. The opening scene also refers to those to whom the gates are especially pertinent. Those who are the results of Ray's winnowing. The fact that winnow is nearly the same word as create in Egyptian speaks to their depth, their deep insight regarding the inner mechanics of life. It also begins one of the allegorical themes that runs throughout the gates, that of bread making and its connection with Osiris. When you winnow, you toss grain in the air to separate the wheat from the chaff. 
This mirrors the deeper magical dynamics of creation where air slash breath slash utterance comes into play. And it also points to one of the main themes of the gates, which is sorting people out. The chaff is separated out and the wheat is kept. This process is mirrored in the Nith or Neith creation method in which Neith creates Ray, then uses the leftover bits to create a pep, who is a serpent, by the way. Um, cobra, I think. Anyway, the grain becomes one power and the chaff becomes the antagonistic power. As an aside for those readers with a good grasp of Kabbalah, you may spot echoes of the Sephirot and Klifot here in the gates, as it contains a deeper undercurrent of the Kabbalistic process of creation and destruction. The Western Eye of Ray is also deeply significant here. In Egyptian magic, the right is the West, the position of the scales of harvest and of completion, which is why the gates to death are in the West. The Western Eye of Ray, the right eye, is the unchanging eye of the continuous cycle of creation and destruction. And the magician's right eye is the one that casts into the inner worlds of creation and destruction. The magician's left eye is the injured and restored eye, a process connected to Osiris, renewal, rebirth, and justification. It is the eye of time and magic. So, Ray defines an inner place where this creation... Okay, so Ray defines an inner place where his creations slash seeds go after death. And he tells the, quote, gods of the western desert that he has assigned this place for all living things to pass through when they die. The zimit is where seeds and chaff are winnowed. As it is in creation, so it is in destruction. All right, this is Amanda again. Why I wanted to share this with you is it's just really compelling and has even we kind of start to see some of these themes echoed in these Psalms or in the Bible, right? Like this notion of like separating the wheat from the chaff. And so we see that it goes back also to these Egyptian traditions and that there's this deeper undercurrent of like, what does that mean to be taken apart and put back together? And what does that mean to separate the wheat from the chaff in my own life in terms of my recovery and creating a new life for myself? And so sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes I wake up and I feel like shit. And sometimes I don't want to get out of bed. And sometimes I just want to cry. And so... It's like sometimes it's hard to do the difficult things like leave somebody whom we love but who causes us pain. And so there's just a lot of power in contemplating this creation and destruction cycle. And what is it that I want from my life? Do I want to just maintain this status quo or do I feel called to 
go through a process of justification in my life in order to um, be a better person, in order to be who I know that I can be. And so sometimes it's difficult to go through process of destruction and recreation and alchemization and being cast into the fire, being like beaten down like dough and then trying to rise back up again and then getting beat back down again. And that it's just this process. And so I wanted to share that with you all. And hopefully we can go into some more depths about a lot of these type of themes. Um, You know, it's a little touchy subject talking about the mysteries, you know, um, because a lot of these things, you know, ought to stay hidden. But I feel like this is a good wisdom lesson for us. And I mean, ultimately, the book is available on Amazon. It's called The Book of Gates, A Magical Translation. And so um, I shall also plug my patreon.com slash ATSM and my Etsy shop. So it's etsy.com slash shop slash Henael777. That's H-A-N-A-E-L 777. And here we are now at Psalm 131, which has multiple uses. And the one that I shall um, offer to you today is that if you uh, wish to not have any bad dreams, then write Psalm 131 and attach it to your right arm, presumably before going to sleep, and you will not have any bad dreams. So there you go. Maybe you have nightmares sometimes, or you just have been having a lot of bad dreams, or maybe your child has a lot of bad dreams sometimes. And so write Psalm 131 on some clean paper, perhaps without lines, and attach it to the right arm. And this is a short psalm. And I also like this psalm when sometimes I start to feel overwhelmed about my depth or lack of depth of understanding. And sometimes I'm just like, there's so much for me to know, like mystically and magically. And then this psalm is a good reminder to just slow down and to just focus on what I do know. And so here we go. Psalm 131. Okay. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. 